0: open God's word with me Luke ten, twenty-five. on one occasion an expert of the law stood up to test Jesus teacher he asked what must I do to inherit eternal life what is written in the law he replied how do you read it he answered love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, And who is my neighbour? In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he travelled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey took him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbour to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her.
1: Well, good morning, folks. My name's Rob, and pray with me now as we launch into Luke chapter 10. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that we can gather freely this morning. And Lord, thanks that we can know you through Jesus, who is a real man. And we pray that we would again be wowed by him as we see how he deals with a lawyer and Martha and Mary. Amen. Have you noticed that mothers are really good at knowing the heart motivation of their children? Uh, My wife Belinda is much better at it than me at picking up my boy's heart motivation. One recent example they seem to have this increased desire to go to their grandmother's place and Belinda knew that their main motivation was that they got access to Wi-Fi there, unlimited data and very little supervision of screen time. So mum knew their heart. But I won't just pick on my boys, I was the same when I was a teenager My mother knew uh, that I used to love going to my friend Sam's Sam's place when we lived in Griffith. Now, Sam's mum was an Italian and she was a great cook and she cooked a lot of authentic pasta dishes and we used to have two- and three-course meals for afternoon tea after school. And my mother knew that I often went to Sam's place more for the food than the people. So mums, mums know children's hearts. Well, today we're going to wrestle with the theme that Jesus knows the heart. And we're going to do this by continuing our adventure through Luke's Gospel. Now, as mentioned, as Tim mentioned this morning, our theme for Luke, Luke's Gospel has, has been that Jesus, he is the one. And so to put today's theme with the series theme, it's going to read Jesus, he's the one who knows the heart. The passage we're going to look at, Jeff just read to us, Luke 10. Now it would be helpful if you've got a Bible to uh, keep it open there. If the dog chewed yours, there's a couple left up the back table there. And if you need a Bible, take that one home with you. We're going to notice from this passage, Luke 10, that Jesus, he knows the heart of number one, the lawyer, and we're going to spend most of our time on this one, that Jesus knows the heart of the lawyer. Number two, we're going to see that Jesus knows the heart of Mary and Martha. And then we're going to finish with Jesus knows our hearts. But before we launch into the passage, let's, we need to just define a little bit more what is meant by the word heart in, in this context. What does Jesus mean by Je- he knows the heart? Now Luke's Gospel in the NIV version, it uses the word heart 16 times and most of those times uh, Jesus is speaking. And today's passage you'll notice in verse 27 that Jesus says, or actually the lawyer said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart. Earlier in Luke 5, Jesus, after healing the paralytic and you remember the Pharisees were there judging him because he'd healed or forgiven the man's sins. And Jesus uh, says to the Pharisees, why are you thinking these things in your heart? And then one more, in Luke sixteen fifteen, Jesus says, you are the ones who justify yourselves in the eyes of men. This again, Jesus talking to the Pharisees. But God knows your hearts. So, as we can see from these passages, in ancient Jewish times, the heart was used interchangeably with the head or with the mind. Uh, From the heart comes a person's beliefs and values, it comes from inside and drives your desires for life. It defines what you love in life and therefore motivates a person. So, for example, if you treasure or you love money, your desire from the heart will be to accumulate it. You'll put money, time, effort towards that. Or another example, if a person's heart is for God, they will drive out of their heart, devote thought, time, effort towards knowing and serving him. So, Jesus, he's the one, who knows the heart. He knows people's desires. And the heart condition, that's really important because it shapes the way people, the way we live. So let's dive in the passage. Uh, if you've got your Bibles, read with me from Luke 10, 25 to 28, and we're going to be looking at our first point, Jesus knows the lawyer's heart. Verse 25. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. He said, Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and love your neighbour as yourself. You've answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. So in verse 25, the man Jesus is talking to, he's called an expert in the law. Uh, Some versions, maybe your version there of the Bible, calls him a lawyer. And that's what we'll refer to him in today's talk, a lawyer. Now he may have been a scribe, but the important thing is this man the lawyer, is an expert in the Old Testament law. So it's interesting that he calls Jesus teacher because he's the expert who should be doing the teaching. Possibly the man was using this title for Jesus sarcastically because in verse 29 we'll see that the man wanted to justify himself. I'll show this Jesus that I'm okay. So, how does the conversation start? See, in verse 25, the lawyer says, What must I do to to inherit eternal life? And Jesus replies, What is written in the law? How do you read it? Now, the lawyer may have been thinking, remember, he knows the Old Testament law really well. He may have been thinking maybe of Deuteronomy 6, where Moses summons the Israelites at Horeb, And remember he says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, I saved you, do what I command. And in verse 5 it says, love the Lord your God with all your heart. And you may remember it's it's a beautiful passage because it goes on to encourage the Israelites to teach these commands down through the generations, talk about them as you walk along the road. Write them on the door frames of your houses. So this, these commands definitely would have been passed down to this lawyer. He would have known them. Or maybe also the lawyer might have been thinking of passages like Leviticus 19. Again, this is Moses speaking to the Israelite assembly. And he says in verse 18, Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against one of your people, but love your neighbour as yourself. So the lawyer uses the Old Testament to answer the question and Jesus says, you have answered correctly in verse 28. And the lawyer, imagine he would have thought, ooh I'm pretty good, tick, 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 got that one right. I'm the teacher here. But Jesus, who knows the lawyer's heart, he says, do this and you will live. The lawyer may have thought, hmm, yeah, I love like that, I think. Uh, I love my mates. I don't bear any grudges against other lawyers, and I love them because they're my neighbours. So I think I'll receive eternal life, surely. Hmm, maybe I'll double-check my position with God by asking this question. And the lawyer says, and who is my neighbour? Well, again, Jesus knows the lawyer's heart. And we can see this by the very apt parable that Jesus now tells the lawyer. The parable of the good Samaritan. Or maybe a better title in this context is the parable of the bad priest. So let's read it again and remember the context. Jesus telling this story to a lawyer who thinks because he knows the Old Testament and follows it that he deserves eternal life. So looking from verse 30, chapter 10, verse 30 of Luke, a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes. They beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he travelled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any expense, any extra expense you may have. Now before we investigate this story and see how it shows that Jesus knows the lawyer's heart, I just want to strengthen the context of the story. So in verse 30, Jesus says a man was going from Jerusalem down to Jericho. Now, this was a very commonly travelled route back in those days. Maybe the lawyer had actually done that himself a few times. So, bang, Jesus has got his attention straight away with a real route. And this uh, this parable, while it is a made-up story, it's based on real geography The journey is travelling down uh, the geography. Jerusalem is a 36-kilometre walk from Jerusalem to Jericho and it drops from 1,200-metre elevation. So Jerusalem is quite a high city. It was sort of like the Cumberland Range up in the mountains there above Talbingo and it dropped down to Jericho, which Jericho is about 800 metres above sea level. Further, uh, this road, it passed through rugged country with mountains, blind corners, crevices and caves. So it really was a road that plenty of places for robbers to hide and ambush would-be travellers. So again, another hook Jesus uses to capture the lawyer's attention. Now back to the story, the man lying there robbed, he's beaten and half dead. Along comes a priest and a Levite. Now these two are are religious leaders employed to serve in God's temple. Now I'm sure the lawyer, he probably would have had plenty of friends, colleagues who were priests and Levites. So what would the lawyer expect these two to do? He might have been thinking, come on buddies, you need to stop and help this man. Or maybe he might have been thinking they cannot stop this is half-dead man, he's unclean. Get, to, get on your way. Uh, you have much to do at the Jericho temple. So what do we see that the priests and the Levite do? Well, they passed right on the other side of the road. Go around him. Now this passing on the other side of the road for convenience, it reminds me of something that happened to me a few weeks ago. It was a Friday and had a day off work. Uh, Belinda and I were having fun together, doing romantic things like grocery shopping. Uh, we'd finished just finished the shopping and we'd picked up our favourite lunch, Tammy Thai, and we are heading home to watch Vera on TV. On the way, Belinda shows me this Facebook picture. It was a recent post, of, and it was this was a day after we had that huge amount of rain. There's a picture of Barry Thomason bogged in the Wagga Shire. Ah, what should I do? Should I ring Barry and offer to help get him out? Or should I go home and have my comfy lunch with my wife? I so wanted to do the lunch thing rather than getting muddy pushing a Camry out of the bog. For convenience sake, it's so easy not to love. Now back to Luke 10. The priest and the Levite, they pass on the other side. Then comes along a Samaritan. Now what would the lawyer expect a Samaritan to do? Samaritans, they were hated by the Jews. Remember, the Samaritans, they were those half-breeds in the north of Jerusalem, uh, part of the old kingdom where uh, they intermarried with foreign nations. They defiled themselves. And this intermarriage was opposed by God in in passages like Deuteronomy 7. And therefore there was so much hate from the Jews towards the Samaritans when they were travelling from Jerusalem north up to places like Galilee they'd go all the way around a longer route to avoid Samaria so they didn't have to go near the Samaritans. So this, I'm sure the lawyer, surely he would have been thinking, this Samaritan, he's probably just going to pass around the robbed band also. Just like the priest and the Levite did. But what did he do? Have a look at verse 33. He took pity on him. Verse 34, he bandaged his wounds. He sterilised the wounds with oil and wine. And then he transported him on his donkey to accommodation, which could have been quite a distance. Verse 35, the Samaritan, he gave two silver coins, which is possibly around two days' wages to the innkeeper. He stayed a night to care for the, the robbed man and then he, he got this innkeeper to look after him while he was away. And then he even promised the innkeeper to reimburse any expenses. Now this is, isn't it extraordinary love for an enemy neighbour? It's love that demands sacrificial kindness. It's love that seriously, surely would have in- inconvenienced the Samaritan. Who knows what his travel plans were that were interrupted now, to help this sink in, let's have a crack at a modern day story to demonstrate and parallel such extraordinary love. Now, imagine you're travelling down the Hume Highway towards Sydney, and you're approaching the hills in Mittagong towards that area, and you notice a car has crashed into a guardrail, it was probably dodging a kangaroo. Now, you stop to help this person in the crashed car. And as you get closer, you're aghast because the person driving this car is a childhood bully. Or if you can't think of a childhood bully, maybe this person is someone at work or a school friend who seems to enjoy belittling you, putting you down in front of your friends. Now for the sake of the story, we'll call this person Cameron Cameron, because it could be male or female. But this person, Cameron, you you don't like. But Cameron's on the Hume Highway behind. An LDR-8 crashed. Cameron's had a minor injury, but but they can't drive. Also, it just so happens that emergency services are all on strike this day and it's up to you to help. Your stomach's churning and your heart's pumping. I so don't like this person but help is needed. What are you going to do? Well, Extraordinary Love compels you to stop and take Cameron to Mittagong Hospital. You wait four hours in emergency to see Cameron is attended to. Out of concern that hospital food may be average, you take Cameron to a care home. You stay a night, you organise healthy foods and you leave 600 bucks with the accommodation manager to cover two nights. This is crazy care, isn't it? Would you love like that? Would I love like that? This is the type of love that the Samaritan had for the wounded man. So back to Luke 10. Jesus, remember, is telling this story to a lawyer. And Jesus, who knows the lawyer's heart, says to him in verse 36... Which of these three do you think was a neighbour to the man who fell into the hand of the robbers? The lawyer answers, the one who had mercy on him. And notice Jesus' short sentence here, he says, go and do likewise. Now let's think a little bit more about this encounter between Jesus and the lawyer in verses 36 and 37. So here we have one question from Jesus about the neighbour we have one answer from the lawyer the one who had mercy on him and then one st- statement from Jesus go and do likewise that's, that's, we're looking at verses 36 and 37 so notice how powerful these words are from Jesus remember he's dialoguing with a lawyer he thinks he's good enough to cruise right into heaven for eternity He's a good man who knows the Old Testament very well and for him it's evidence he loves God. He loves his neighbour. But Jesus is rattling his cage here by telling this this story and expanding the lawyer's definition of a neighbour. A neighbour even includes non-Jews and even your enemies. They are the ones you are to love. So when Jesus says, go and do likewise, do you think the, how do you think the lawyer would have felt? And notice Jesus doesn't provide any further explanation here. The ball is clearly in the lawyer's court. What is he going to do? Well, we'll come back to the lawyer shortly. But first, I want to go on to the second point about Jesus. He's the one. That is the heart of Mary and Martha. Now we won't spend as much time on this point as the lawyer. Read with me from verse 38. And remember, consider, look for the indicators that show that Jesus knows the heart of Mary and Martha. Verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. So picture Martha, she's frustrated. She's belting around, getting food and beds ready for Jesus and possibly a few of his disciples. She's probably got sweat dripping off her forehead with her busyness and she's getting more and more angry with her sister who's just sitting there doing nothing. Well, can you relate to Martha at all? Maybe have any of us uh, ever thought, uh, I've got to go and teach kids' church now while all those other lazy Christians are sitting at Tim Flint's feet marinating in the word? Or why isn't there more people to help with pack-up or the sound desk or uploading sermons onto the web? There's so many lazy people in our church. I've been guilty. But what does Jesus say to Martha? Verse 41 Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken from her. So, what is the one thing that Jesus is talking about here? What's the one thing that's needed? Well, remember, what's our Luke series titled? Jesus, He is the One. So, if the One, i.e., the Maker of the universe, Jesus, the Saviour of the world, if He's at your house just for a little while, what are you going to do? You're going to go do the dishes? No. You're going to sit at His feet and listen. This reminds me of, uh, you remember Jesus' words in Luke 5 about the bridegroom. When the bridegroom is around at the wedding, do you fast and pray? No, there's going to be a time for that later. But when the bridegroom is with you, Jesus says you eat and drink and delight in his company. So do you think, do you think Jesus would have cared if Martha had a sat at his feet with Mary? And the chores didn't get done for a little while? Of course not. Jesus knows what is needed for the heart at this time. Now, reflecting on these two stories, uh, I just love isn't it awesome how Jesus doesn't lecture the lawyer or Martha? Because he knows the heart, Jesus gets straight to the point. He doesn't lecture. We lecture, I lecture. Any of you dads out there, can you think of a time when you got cranky with your children? You find yourself ranting and raving about how long they're on their screens, they're lazy and they eat all the food out of the fridge and they leave a mess in the kitchen and the poor kids are confused because you're bringing in all this other stuff and ranting and raving. I do it. But notice Jesus, He, he doesn't do this with the lawyer or Martha. Like I can picture myself to the lawyer. I might have said to him, you stuck-up nerd. You go around looking down on people and sprout all your Old Testament knowledge. You're a self-righteous twit who loves to be number one but and you just think of yourself and don't you realise the purpose of the law is to show that you're not good enough for God? The law's not there for you to justify yourself. Or to Martha, I might have said, stop being silly. You always have to have a perfect house. All you're worried about is being clean and organised so you can impress all your guests. Come and sit down and listen to the Lord. Jesus doesn't do that. But what does Jesus do? To the lawyer, he tells a story and then says, go and do likewise. Bang, straight to the point, nails him between the eyes. To Martha, he says one thing is needed, and your sister's chosen it. No lecturing, straight to the point. Jesus knows the heart. Now to, to bring this talk to a conclusion, this is I want you to listen up. This is the most important point of today's talk. So <laughs> Jesus, the one, he knows the heart. He knows the lawyer's heart. He knows Mary and Martha's heart. And he knows your heart. He knows my heart. He knows what our hearts need the most. Salvation. Saving from what? Well, back to Luke 10. Um, Do you think the lawyer is capable of loving like the Samaritan all the time? Can you picture the lawyer having mercy on an enemy all the time? Is Martha capable of never getting frustrated with her sister again? Or is even Mary, is she capable of sitting at Jesus' feet when appropriate all the time? Are are you and I, are we capable of loving like a Samaritan, like the Samaritan story? All the time, all people. Like the lawyer, like Martha like Mary, we have to consider these questions. And if we're honest before God, we have to admit, I, I, I can't love like the Samaritan did. Well, I'm so selfish, I struggle to love my wife, let alone a childhood bully who I've never forgiven. We all need to humble ourselves and bend our knee before God and say, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry, please help me. I need saving, I need your forgiveness, because I do not love all the time. I wonder if the lawyer did this. Wouldn't it be great if he did, eh? If he humbled himself. So if you're sitting here today, this morning, and you're not yet a Christian, uh, I pray that God's using these stories to open your heart to God. Uh, Jesus knows your heart. He knows you don't love all the time, that you are like me. There's hate in your heart. This is called sin. But there's good news. Jesus, who loved like the Samaritan all the time, he had no sin. And yet he carried our sin on the cross and he died in our place to take our punishment for that sin. A great chapter you may like to read from the Bible that that summarises this is 2 Corinthians 5. Uh, And the last verse is a great summary of that chapter. It says in verse 21, God made him, that is Jesus, who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God, that we might become okay with God. So, if you're not yet a Christian, please check Jesus out further. And if what you've heard this morning has generated more questions than answers, we'll ask those questions. And that's what I hope the lawyer did back then in this story. Ask the questions. But if you're sitting here today and you've, you already are a Christian and follow Jesus, uh, three, three things. Ask Jesus to help you, help me because remember, we're not capable of doing this on our own, ask Jesus to help us. One, not get frustrated with each other, like Martha did with her sister. Two, help us to listen like Mary, when time's appropriate that we sit still and listen. Maybe we can't sit at Jesus' feet, but we can open the Bible regularly. So maybe 2022 wouldn't it be a great habit for all of us to to open this up every day and sit at jesus feet and listen to what he wants to teach us so that's the second thing and the last thing ask jesus to help you to love like the samaritan amen let's pray Father, uh, we, yeah, we love these parables. Father, they're all, so Jesus uses them so cleverly to point to salvation and our need to repent. Uh, thanks for this morning's story. It reminded me of how far I fall short of your standards. Just in the ability to love those people around me, I fall so short of that. Help us all to realize that afresh this morning, so we would just turn and lean and rely on you. Uh, help my friends to do that, and as we rely on you, that we could uh, shine your forgiveness to others, and that many others would come to know you through through you working through us. Amen.